Hello and welcome to another episode of the Transformations with Jane podcast. Thank you for listening as always. So I've had a lot of great feedback from uh, listeners from the last episode that was aired on uh, a week ago. Yeah, Um, Harumi's episode. So thank you so much for the feedback that I've had about that. It was so great to have a fan and a student of mine. <laughs> I feel a bit silly saying that, but um, a fan of the podcast who became a student of mine and is yeah was now featured has been on featured on the podcast for you all to listen to. So um, thank you so much for your support there. And Harumi said to me she heard the episode and. She was really excited to hear that it wasn't as bad as she thought it would be. So, <laughs> so that's just um, a little uh, side note to, you know, if you're thinking about, you know, I'd really like to be on the podcast or maybe I could be on the podcast, then definitely reach out and say hi because you you just never know um, what could happen. And I've had some really great messages for Harumi come in from the episode as well as really interesting offers as well. So things are happening. So when you when you come on the Transformations with Jane podcast, you just never know what's going to happen afterwards. So thank you so much, Harumi, for being very brave and coming and speaking in English on this podcast. And it's been, uh, I've had, yeah, such great uh, feedback from it. So thank you. Yes, so today on the podcast, we actually have another photographer. Now, it's it's not um, what I was planning to have two photographers in a row, but it's turned out like that, not to worry. And today, I'd love to introduce you to Tia, who is from a top Tia photography down in Tokyo. She's actually from the States, and she came to Japan originally to study Japanese history, but um, decided to turn her lifelong hobby of photography into a real job and now has her own photography company, which um, sounds like it's doing very well down there in Tokyo. And today we're going to tell you a little bit about a joint project we're working on together. Natia and I have worked together before creating our um, capture Kyoto retreat and that was sort of year a year and a half ago that we did that that was such a fantastic weekend and we've been wanting to recreate one um, in this part of Japan for people you know make it a little bit easier for people living in Kanto to access um, last time we had a lot of Kansai ladies uh, come along so uh, you'll hear more about the next photography retreat that we're creating for you guys. It'll be held in April. So get your calendars out and make sure that you've got the 6th and the 7th of April uh, clear on your calendar to come along for that. And Tia will be telling you more about that towards the end of the episode. So make sure you listen to the end to hear about that. Yes, so uh, here is the episode with Tia. I hope you enjoy. Hi Tia, welcome to the Transformations with Jane podcast. It's great to have you here today. It's great to be here. Good morning. Good morning. So you're in Tokyo. How's the weather in Tokyo today? 
Oh, it's about to rain. Oh, beautiful and sunny here in Tohoku. Oh, I wish I were in Tohoku right now. Yeah, you do. It's always sunny here. That's why it's called, uh, where I live, it's called Sunshine Iwaki. Anyway. (laughs) Yeah, so thank you so much for coming today. I'm really excited to actually have you on my podcast. And yeah, so for the people who are listening who don't know you, could you give them a little self-introduction? Just tell them a little bit about yourself. Sure. Um, so I am a photographer uh, based in Tokyo, a, a official registered business here. And uh, basically, uh, I provide phot- photographic services to both customers who want family portraits or even simple headshots, but also corporate entities that need photos for their events and even their headshots for their staff. Okay, yeah. So working with lots of corporates and and personal sort of photography as well? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And so how did you get to Japan? Where are you from? Tell everybody a little bit more about that. Oh, okay. Um, Well, I'm from the States. I'm from uh, North Carolina. So uh, that's the Tar Heel State. Uh, Not a lot of my Japanese friends are familiar with North Carolina. So I tell them Michael Jordan, Pepsi, and Krispy Kreme are from North Carolina. So if you know those three things, you know North Carolina pretty well. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And uh, I came here because I was actually interested in Japanese history. I studied abroad a couple times. Um, the first school I went to was at Aoyama Gakuin as a high school student. Okay. And, yeah. Yeah. And then back to uh, study in college at Kanda University in Makari. And uh, I, I was all about Japanese history. I loved uh, studying the Homon period and uh, the Tokugawa uh, era and Meiji restoration periods. Those are my kind of three favorites. And uh, when I graduated, I, I came uh, with the intention of, of doing more with history. And as time came on, I, I fell in love with the country and I fell in love with the, with the culture. And I said, you know, hmm, maybe, maybe history and, and a career in history might not be the way to go. Um, and uh, I went back to, to kind of study uh, photography. At the time, it was a hobby, and uh, everywhere I went, I, I just kind of photographed everything. I've been taking pictures since I was 13, um, and uh, mostly with film uh, SLR cameras. But uh, when I came here, I, I kind of upgraded to digital <laughs> right? Um, and uh, decided, okay, well, let's make this hobby a uh, potential career. And uh, I invested a, a lot of time and, and energy into kind of building um, uh, that skill. And, uh, I later met, uh, a very successful entrepreneur and he convinced me to build it into a business and, uh, maintain that business. So, uh, really thankful, uh, for meeting that person, uh, who really just helped me get my feet on the ground and, and think creatively, not in just photography sense, but also in business sense. Right. Yeah. It's important to have that mentor or guide or whatever you want to, you know, someone or even just someone who's a few steps ahead of you or something to show you (laughs) the way. Yeah. Yeah. So is um, top tier photography your, your main job? Yes. Yes. So, so that is, that's my main. 
uh, job that I operate from and work from. I have a studio space in Ginza, which is um, also a space that uh, Helen Iwata um, works out of as well. It's a co-working space. And um, it's, it's just really, really nice to kind of, you know, do admin work and, and, and get paperwork done and then use the space also as a studio space for headshots and uh, product photography. Um, so it's a real versatile space and, and, and it's really, it's lean enough for me to just bounce around from, you know, office to office for, for photographic needs, um, but still be kind of local for people who, who don't really need a lot of, of, of said needs. So. Yeah. Um, do you want to tell us the name of your, of your co-working space just for people sure. who may be interested in something like that? Absolutely. Um, I highly recommend it. It's called Ginza Hub and it's run by Robert Miller, who is uh, also my mentor. And he's been in Japan for, I think, going on 28 years now and oh, uh, mm -hmm. had five, I believe, startups already. And um, he's just really a, a fantastic person to kind of get to know. And uh, he's very knowledgeable um, with not just business sense but uh as well as japanese business sense because they are very different um, when you compare to western standards of business and japanese standards of business yeah and i've i know a few people who work out of ginza hub and if i was in tokyo yeah it sounds like the kind of place i'd like to have an office at um a really diverse mix of people mm -hmm. working mm -hmm. there um on their different businesses that's really cool isn't it Yes. And it's so, it's really great because, you know, they're working on their businesses. So maybe one person needs help from another person and vice versa, or someone needs photos for their website. And, and we really do kind of collaborate like a really, you know, nice community. Um, there's, there's, they're bigger, they're, they're more elaborate uh, co-working spaces, but sometimes they're very, you know, you, you're to yourself. It's, um, it's, everyone's got their head down and they're doing their own thing and there's no really collab. There's no real collaboration. Right. People are there to work and where you get stuff done rather than exactly. work together. Right. Exactly. And so there is definitely a, a kind of work together sense um, in at the Ginza hub. So yeah, I really, really enjoy it. And it sounds like it's a great location, like in Ginza. <laughs> 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 it's really great. It's really photogenic. Um, I do a lot of my family portraits uh, in Hamarikyu, which is a beautiful park um, near, uh, it, well, it's near the Tokyo Bay. Um, and uh, it's near Shiodome, and, and it's, it's a really fantastic place. Uh, it's also walking distance uh, from, from Tokyo Station and, uh, and, and Toyosu. So it, I really, really love the location. Yeah, so I keep hearing, you know, sort of um, people around me talking about their co-working spaces and <laughs> it's something that I think I'd like to um, work on finding for myself this year, a really nice co-working space where I can go and, yeah, get and access a community of people who are working on their own businesses but doing it sort of together and helping each other would be really cool because, yeah, at the moment I do operate from my kotatsu <laughs> in the winter i operate from my kotatsu and in the summer i operate from my dining room table and yeah it's so easy to get distracted and not be in that like business mode oh yes um, 
if you're working from home. And now I find that, yeah, I do have more time to be able to go out and actually being out and about and meeting people is far more valuable way to me, for me to spend my time than perhaps hiding at home, um, procrastinating by folding laundry and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. That's, that's, really that's one of the benefits of the, of the co-working space. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. You really do have to maximize that time uh, that you're there. Yeah, put on your on your boss hat, isn't it? Yeah. For for a while and then go and go home and, and be at home and relax rather than being home and working all the hours. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Yeah, so I thought it was uh, just to go back a little bit, I thought it was really interesting that you said that history has brought you was what brought you to Japan and your interest in Japanese history. Mm-hmm. And so now in your daily life, how does that sort of is that still there somewhere are you still using that interest in history um you know there there's certain moments where they they it it sparks maybe inspiration for for a photo um or to go to a particular place uh for traveling but not a hundred percent i mean that would be really nice if i uh had a, a photo shoot that was inspired by maybe Hokusai or, 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 you know, something, something of that nature. Um, but, uh, I, not, not at this moment. I haven't really used it for commercial value or, or artistic value. Yeah, I guess I could still be your hobby, you know, like, um, when you travel or, you know, in your off time reading about it or whatever. Um, yeah, so that's something I really don't know a lot about is Japanese history. Mm-hmm. I've never studied the actual history of Japan much. And, but when I have done it, it's been like just diving into this massive rabbit hole. I don't know if it's like this huge, deep rabbit hole that just keeps going and going. And there's so much, it's just like, mm-hmm. wow. Um, am I ever going to come back out of this? You know, there's so much, so many things to know, to know and it's quite fascinating compared to my own country's history, which is extremely sort of short and there's not a lot of information. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, the difference is quite astounding for me. Mm. Oh, I mean, and, and for me, Japan, Japanese history is so vast. I mean, that's, that's almost over 2000 years of history. Um, I just try to focus on, on certain, on certain eras right. that, that are of interest to me and then kind of dig deep into that, particular era um but uh to 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 try to find out the the entire history of of japan i'm sure there there are academics who do it (laughs) yeah um no my sister's an american history teacher and uh even though she teaches you know the the, uh, she teaches the whole uh duration of american history she actually specifically follows um colonial America in a particular section of of the United States okay right so, I yeah. mean even even the 200 year or I guess you could say 400 year uh, history of, of of America even though it's short compared to Japan she she's able to just really pinpoint a particular part and and write books on it <laughs> okay right <laughs> Yeah, the written history in Europe and my country is very short, yeah, comparatively to the written history in Japan, that's for sure. So um, if 
if someone was wanting to sort of like dip their toe into mm-hmm. Japanese history, mm-hmm. what would you say is like the the era they should go for that you think is like just from your perspective that you find is really interesting? Oh, from my perspective, definitely the Tokugawa era. Um, I mean, it's it's so about 200 years, oh, 200 years, 1600, yeah, over, a little over 200 years, 250 years um, from 16, 1600, 1603 to about 1860s. Uh, and um, I mean, it, there, there's a collection of different Tokugawa shogunates um, who, who have very unique styles of ruling and, and, and kind of changing Japan. And um, I personally, I like hearing the stories of, of Tokugawa, or the Tokugawa kind of shogunate at the time trying to control, you know, their area of Japan and trying to staff off the, you know, the emperor at the time, you know, that kind of fighting, that, that, that balance of power, I guess that, that tug of war of power and, and just listening to the even smaller details of daimyos uh, and how they they ran their their kind of area. At the moment, um, I don't know if you guys noticed or if people noticed, uh, but in Tokyo, there's this. Uh, there are different places called Musashi. So there's like Musashi Kosugi, Musashi Nakahara, Musashi. Uh, I think it's Sakai. And so I'm. I'm. This is this is hobby level, but um, I've been trying to kind of figure out. Okay, why are there so many Musashi? Uh, areas and why are they so spread out? Because oftentimes a place uh, was named after the daimyo of the time or the, the person who owned that area, um, you know, that was named after them. And so I'm just kind of thinking, okay, well, this Musashi here, this Musashi there, you know, how much area did this Musashi guy kind of <laughs> <laughs> Right. So, so that's, a, that's a little, you know, bunny hole that I'm, I'm kind of diving uh, uh, into now on my free time. Uh, on those rare occasions when I have free time, uh, but but that's the kind of thing that that things that fascinates me are are, are the the yeah. and the ebb and flow of, of 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 class and status and how they work together. I mean, it's a lot. It's I mean, it's it's, it's feudal Japan kind of era. Um, I I I tend to kind of compare and contrast uh, feudal Japan with kind of the feudalisms uh, that happened. Um, in, 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 I shouldn't say the UK, <laughs> it wasn't the UK then, uh, in, in England, <laughs> right? Um, because they're quite similar and the way that they're organized is, is, is quite similar. So, um, anyway, they're just, it, at this point, it's just, it's just random curiosities because like, like we were talking about earlier, they, they don't really have a, a much of a bearing on what I'm doing now, but, uh, every now and again, I try to, you know, read a book or two or read a blog or two and sure answer a question <laughs> yeah where i live up here in iwaki city we have um something called the nakosono seki which okay. is um it used to be like the border between northern japan and the rest of you know kanto mm-hmm. and um so that like the meaning of the kanji is don't come here <laughs> the, the, the city the town's name like Nakoso is don't come here <laughs> oh wow and there used to be like a, a like a gate there where they would check are you actually allowed to come into Tohoku mm-hmm. um, and it's yeah it's part of my city I and I feel quite bad that I've actually never been to actually see it like it, there's not much to see it's just mm-hmm. you know what used to be 
the the gate or the where they you know let people through on the road mm-hmm. um, yeah so uh, yeah there's sort of this history uh living just down the road for me that i haven't actually <laughs> found out about but i quite like that story that um this is, don't come here <laughs> so how are we going to overcome that mm. um even you know hundreds of years later mm. <laughs> but i always enjoy those stories i mean like um even even <clears throat> i love going to enoshima and uh there there's just so many unique kind of stories that you hear um about uh about you know, this particular cave or this particular uh, shrine or this particular set of stairs. <laughs> right. It's just the, you know, we, we take things for granted and, you know, it's just kind of like, wow, this really tiny point or this really tiny feature of this town actually has some significant or even, you know, a vast history to it. So I, I tend to respect little things like that. And I know oftentimes people, People enjoy, uh, or visitors, you know, they, they, they enjoy the story or maybe they get a whiff of the story and they say, oh, okay, that's nice. But then, you know, for me, I, I, I tend to dig a little bit sure. <laughs> and say, well, why, why is it, you know, why, why is the dragon used for this purpose or who put the dragon there? You know, I'm, I'm referring to a cave that's in, in Enoshima. Uh, but uh, there's so, a dragon there or there was, there, or? There, there is a cave and uh, the name has lost me. Uh, but there's a cave that's way on the other side of Enoshima that's kind of facing the sea. And uh, there's a story behind it that um, uh, people use this cave as a tunnel to get to Mount Fuji. <laughs> okay. That's pretty random. Yeah. It, it, there's, there's a story behind it, but it's one of the things where you think, okay, you, Mount Fuji's all the way over there. And this cave is all the way over here. And, you know, you you you. Th- the fantasy of it, you kind of wonder, okay, well, what's the story behind it? And then you, you, you try to figure out, okay, why did this guy come up with this story? Why is the legend there? Yeah. Because some, some, some stories do kind of have a bit um, absurd uh, or, or kind of fantasy-like qualities to it. So you, I just kind of want to listen to the origin story or, or why did the story or legend come to be? Um, and it's a little bit, uh, I kind of have that, that uh, sense of curiosity to it with uh, Japanese folklore as well, because mm. um, I know America, we don't really have a lot of folklore. We don't really have a lot of stories. It depends on what state you come from. Um, and if you really know the histories and, and nuances of, of what's in your state, uh, you, you can find stories there, but they're not particularly big um, in the States like, like uh, it is in Japan. Yeah, I guess you need a lot more time for those things to be, to create, you know, to be created and maintained. Yeah. Mm. Um, Oh, interesting. A cave that takes you in through a tunnel all the way over to, under the sea, to to Fuji, Mount Fuji. Yeah, under the sea, under the ground. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, of course, they don't let you go past a certain point. So, I guess that adds to the, 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 the mystery. Right. <laughs> but of course you want to, you want to go as far as you can say, okay, well, how far does this tunnel go? Yeah. Could it potentially go? Yeah. That's cool. Something I did not know about Enoshima. So there you go, people. If you're visiting Enoshima, you might want to make a trip around to the, to the far side and see if you can see this cave that um, Tia has been telling us about. 
so many things that like that's the thing if you you're living in japan then you have a chance to really learn about a place in more depth than you ever could when you are just a tourist mm-hmm. passing through for a few days hitting all the you know the instagrammable spots that sort of thing um, <laughs> <laughs> guilty um here as well and that's something i really want to work on for my part of um Japan especially as we are still recovering from the nuclear disaster and things is having people actually come mm-hmm. stay for a few days and actually get to know a certain place in more depth mm-hmm. get to know the people a little bit and have that as an experience rather than just racing around all these spots instagramming yourself um mm-hmm. you know eating huge candy floss multicolored candy floss you know that's <laughs> one of the popular things to do in Tokyo at the moment Mm-hmm. Uh, which I will be doing soon, I hope, actually. Um, oh. I might actually be doing a food tour. Uh, no, I am actually doing a food tour in Tokyo very soon um, okay. to experience that. Um, mm-hmm. But for, you know, here where I live, we don't have, you know, giant candy floss. We don't have these, mm-hmm. you know, amazing food creations and things. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we do have a very neat local history and, yeah, and very cool people living here. So mm-hmm. that's part of my... Um, my goal for the next couple of years is to work on really building my area as a tourist destination for people who are looking for that kind of um, adventure in Japan. Mm-hmm. So watch out for that. And that's something we're going to talk a little bit more about too, as we go on through this episode about, oh, yeah. yeah, what we've got cooking for you all um, coming up later on in, uh, very soon, actually in a few months. Mm-hmm. Um, but before that, I want to talk a little bit about, um, so my word of the year for this year is sparkle. Okay. Yeah. And so tell me about your, do you have a word of the year yourself, Tia? I do have a word of the year. Yes. Um, so my word is uh, believe. Believe. And I know it sounds cheesy and standard, but uh, con- considering the, the 2018 <laughs> that I just got through, Right. It really, it really resonates with me because I think that was one of the things that kept me, um, that kept me on the path. Um, 2018 was a fantastically difficult year, and I use that phrase because there were so many great moments that that really allowed me to grow, um, not just as a photographer but as a person, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, there were some really hard moments um, that really made me, you know, question, you know, is this the right the right thing to do you know is it am I am I on the right path you know there were some hard truths that uh I had to kind of face and it it was really really uh a a year that that tested me um as I'm sure a lot of ladies uh kind of uh go with a lot of people really go through um you have those moments that you're really tested and um it's so funny uh so the reason why I believe, I think believe was, was for that reason. But uh, what solidified it was somebody was telling me about uh, Stockdale paradox. Uh, and um, if, if you don't know the, his, the, the story, it's, a, it's, a true, it's about a true figure who was an American POW in Vietnam. And um, the person who was telling me this story was saying how his level of optimism um, kind of kept him alive. He's known as the person who was a POW for the longest uh, time during the Vietnam War, eight years. And uh, they tortured him and they, they hurt him 
uh, physically and mentally and withdrew food from him. And, and so, I mean, you, when you're in that kind of situation, you're, you're pretty, I mean, it's not, it's not uncommon. I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past a person to really doubt themselves, to really start to give up. And um, I, I, I resonated with his story because he was, he was saying how he, he was optimistic about getting out. He believed, he constantly told himself over those eight years, I will get out, I will get out, I'm going to get out. And he got out. And the, the other, the person who was telling me this story was saying that the, the, the other POWs who were in there with him were saying, okay, I'm going to get out, you know, at Christmas. Christmas comes and goes. And then that, that disappointment just kind of eats away right. at that determination and optimism. And so it just kind of ate away to the point where there was no more hope, you know, no more optimism, no more belief. Um, and, and, and they died. And so this man, this, uh, this uh, soldier named Stockdale, uh, they, there's so many books about, uh, written about him um, in terms of optimism. Um, but uh, it really, really resonated with me. And it really, really kind of added some wind in my sails <laughs> in <laughs> sense of, okay, you know, we're going to get through this. We're going to do this. This is the beginning. Um, you know, we're going to take better pictures. We're going to create more and, and, and fun activities for, 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 for uh, people who want to do something different or who want to get out. We're going to, um, where I say, say we, you know, it's, 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 I shouldn't say I'm a one man band or one woman band because there are people who do help and, and they add to that belief. So, um, so yeah, we, <laughs> mm. um, and, and, and so in the moments where there are, substantial setbacks on the moments where uh there's failure or there's um something that goes on and 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 I, I didn't anticipate it or I didn't you know like it it's it's you know no no we're gonna believe we're gonna keep going we're gonna see it through um and just really really making that my word I repeat over and over and over again <laughs> yeah good so not not as not as not as sparkly as sparkle but <laughs> believe yeah well um I like it you know the like if you can just keep going then the chances of your success are inevitable you know your your success is inevitable if you just Mm -hmm. keep going Mm -hmm. and whatever you know pops up along the way if you if you give up then you won't succeed yeah so your success is inevitable and if you knew that you wouldn't give up, would you? You just keep going, even though it's maybe slow. Maybe you feel like you're taking huge steps backwards sometimes. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. keep going. Your success is inevitable. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and these things that pop up are there to teach us something, even if we don't know what it is at the time. Mm-hmm. And then we are cursing our bad luck or whatever it is at the time. Mm-hmm. Often we wouldn't go back and change those things either mm-hmm. and if you and think about last year you may not you may not actually would have you may not actually want to have changed how it turned out in the end um despite the challenges yeah and you're right you're right I, I actually I don't I don't want to change 2008 um there are definitely moments where you know I, I grew and I got stronger yeah. But one of the, the cool things is listening to other people's stories and listening to, to them go through their challenges. Um, 
it really, it keeps you grounded. It, it, it helps you kind of not feel that, okay, oh, the world is against me. <laughs> it's just like, okay, this is a thing that other people are kind of going through and I'm going through it with them and, and I'm going through it too. So, you know, it's just, just, just keep the head in the game and, and keep, keep going. Yeah. And it's your choice how you decide to, to go through it, right? You can go through it with your teeth gritted or you can go through it and be optimistic like the man that you just, what was his name that you said? The, the oh, Vietnam. Stockton. Yeah, Stockton. Yeah, so you can be optimistic. It's a lot more pleasant to be optimistic as you're going through it. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I think so. Very <laughs> me and my, my little old photography business uh, to, to a POW situation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, what have I got to be complaining about today? You know, sun's shining and, and I have food and a, a warm place to sleep and nobody beats me. And yeah, life is good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's, and that's the thing Like when you're in your own struggle, you don't really notice, you know, you just feel, Oh, what was me? But if you take a step back and look at it, well, actually, what do I have to be grateful for today? Mm -hmm. There's a, a, a long list of things that we could focus on instead and just, you know, not and choosing not to let that be um, such a huge, like often we make a, like a mountain out of something that's not even molehill worthy, you know? I'm so guilty of that. <laughs> yeah. We're all guilty of it. Yeah. I make a mountain of the salary man who bumped into me on the train. <laughs> Right, right. Uh, so I, I totally, um, as I said, I love trying, I, 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 I like being grounded and, and reading stories uh, of, of people whose situations are, are vastly different than mine because mm -hmm. it, does, it does remind me, okay, you know, you know, just, just cut the mountain a little bit, you know, it's not that big a deal. <laughs> just chill out, yeah. Just chill out. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I used to get told that a lot, Jane, mm. just chill out. And I was like, I'm not going to chill out. Like, mm. What are you saying? Like I would be, I'd be really like, um, just incensed that people would, is that the word? No, incensed. Sorry. That's the word. I'm not incensed. <laughs> incensed. <laughs> people would tell me to chill <laughs> out. <laughs> not the word I wanted. I can't speak English anymore. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that people, yeah, that people would tell me to chill out, um, but obviously I needed to. <laughs> I didn't. I just yeah, really didn't want to do that back then. But that mm. was a while ago. Now working on it. Anyway, so tell us a little bit about a transformation that you've undergone. Like obviously this believe thing is big for you. It is. It is. Um, you know, just trying to. Um, well, I guess that there's two senses of, of of transformation on the on the craft side. Uh, so funny, uh, Divya Marie Kato, who is a FEW member, um, FEW Japan, for Empowering Women Japan, uh, years ago, she was telling me this thing about being close to your craft, being close to your craft on a spiritual level. And at the time, I was just kind of like, um, sounds great. I <laughs> get spiritual with your craft. And so, you know, it was, uh, I was toying, toying with an idea of, um, the camera, you know, being a tool to capture an emotion or a feeling or a memory. And um, 
that. I was so wrapped up in, you know, like, oh, just trying to get this, you know, the right camera to do this and, and the right gear to do that. And so I, you know, I never really paid much attention to it at the time. But, you know, in the, in the midst of this 2008, you know, year, I started, as I was growing, I started to see photography uh, a bit differently. Um, just really trying to, to capture an essence of the person I was shooting. Um, that person's there and, and I'm there capturing it, but, but the camera is a tool. Mm. And I never really, I never, re I always kept the, the, the camera, the make of the camera, the, the, the quality of the camera as, as this thing above what I was capturing. Oh, you know, for example, oh, you know, if I have this particular kind of camera, then I can capture the best side of, you know, this person. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and it's really not, it, it's, it's, it's a tool. Right. Um, it's just a tool. Yeah. One of the tools. Yeah. The magic, the real magic mm. is making a relationship and, 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 and providing a, a sense of calm to the person. Um, the, the real magic is getting to know that person, getting to know, you know, what the person likes, what that person, ex, you know, gets excited about, um, and, and, and capturing that person. And uh, that can be for a casual photo or that can be for a corporate photo, but, but really trying to, to put the person at ease um, and then, again, using that tool, the camera, to capture that moment. And that was kind of a turning point for me because it really made me reassess why I was taking pictures. And uh, it made me kind of take that step back and, and try to grow from a different kind of point of view in photography. And uh, it was hard. <laughs> sure. Uh, kind of erasing everything I kind of already knew and then, and then having to, to, to build anew. Um, but but it really made me closer to my craft than I think I ever was um, before. And that is something that I, I do cherish. And um, I, that is something that I will always uh, have to go and I have to email uh, uh, Divya and thank her for that, that quote. <laughs> yeah, tell me the quote again. Um, so I actually don't have the quote, uh, the exact, I don't remember the exact quote. Okay. The general message was being close to your craft. Um, Adivia Marie Kato, she owns a company called, um, when in doubt draw and right. uh, she's an artist and she does a lot of, uh, uh workshops that in encourage people who can't draw or encourage people who haven't drawn in years or people who, uh, are proficient draw, uh, artists. Um, and they just draw together. And, um, and she's a very spiritual person. She's very fantastic. Um, she's very, yeah, magical herself. Yeah. She's just a very uh, magical person. <laughs> anyone should be talking about spirituality. It's definitely her. <laughs> uh, so, um, so, so, so yes, she was, the, the gist of what she was saying was being close to your craft and, um, you know, really trying to use the craft as on a spiritual level versus a means to an end. And I know we're all kind of guilty of, 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 of doing that um, in, in many aspects of our lives, that means to an end uh, kind, kind of mentality. Um, and, and at the time she had said it, you know, I was more focused on, okay, building my business. Okay, I've got I've to get this thing. I've got to get that thing, you know, so, so I can do this thing. And, 
and uh, get that tripod and yeah, that that and, yeah. Mm. you know you're very wrapped up in, in 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 I was very wrapped up in my in my my mind and, and rushing things and hurrying things and and I, I remember it struck me because it was how kind of my my mom you know what is something that my mom would say because my mom is a dance teacher and uh, I, I captured the quote to give to my mom because I knew my mom would appreciate the quote and she appreciated it more than I did at the time. So uh, <laughs> when it came to, I guess, my time to really start appreciating what, what Divya had said, um, I, I was really thankful that it was still, you know, kind of on my cello board, um, that I could read it and reread it and just kind of encompass what Divya meant. Mm. Mm. Yeah, um, I've met Divya. She, she's very magnetic. And... So her company helps, like um, Tia said, helps people to to draw. Mm -hmm. If you've never drawn or you've lost your mojo with drawing or whatever it is, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I saw that and I thought, that's fantastic because a lot of us have a lot of, you know, barriers and blocks around the idea that we could draw, you know, if you've never been someone who could draw in your life. So um, she really helps people to open up that side of their lives and it's a beautiful thing. So I'm going to put a link in the show notes uh, to Divya. So if that interests you and you're in Tokyo, you can actually meet her or join one of her classes or um, even follow her on Instagram. It's interesting as well. Uh, please do. She's a very, um, very calming uh, person. So even if you're just in a fluster of life's, you know, demands and responsibilities, I dare I say she's, the equivalent to Yoda. <laughs> what? Yoda? <laughs> equivalent of Yoda. Well, the way she guides people into okay. one with the pen and paper. I mean, you could call that a sense of meditation. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh, if I had the time to take one of her classes, I would, I would absolutely do it. Um, I think I you, you need to make it a priority mm -hmm. to you. Mm -hmm. I do. I do. I'm not one of those people who just kind of, I, I'm very antsy and, and sitting and meditating. I'm sure if I did something consistently and I had a hard enough mentor or coach to kind of force me to just sit and stay still and not think about anything, I could do it. But I, I, I like the idea of, um, uh, what's her name? She's a tea ceremony teacher, uh, Ruth Leinberger. Um, and she was talking about this meditation through movement. And I had taken one of her tea ceremony classes and I just thought, you know, what? I like that concept, meditation through movement. I can move, I just can't think. I just have to observe what I'm touching and what I'm looking at and what I'm doing, you know. Mm -hmm. just, I'm, I'm doing it and, and there's, no, there's no other thought. There's no, there's no thought about me doing this or doing that. It's just me doing it. And it is definitely um, a that tea ceremony is definitely a form of meditation that mm -hmm. involves movement, right? Because mm -hmm. you, there are so many things you have to do, mm -hmm. so many the the way that everything has to be done that you literally cannot think of anything else, exactly. rather than how am I holding this little swizzly thing, pass um, <laughs> in, yeah, and um, you will come out refreshed like you've meditated because you, you have no time to think about what's for dinner and did so-and-so return your email or whatever, you know, mm -hmm. um, it is re very refreshing. Ikebana is the same. I did that um, for a, a while. You cannot think of other things. You have to be worrying about is this flower the right length and the right angle and 
and you come out very refreshed the same mm -hmm. thing mm. yeah and that's kind of what i want to do with photography i mean just just being in a zen and kind of lining up your 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 tool at the right kind of level and then waiting and then kind of taking that shot i know it's a lot of people don't have that kind of patience but um when i'm in my studio and i've got a, a food you know shoot that i'm doing or if i've got a a, a product photograph uh, a, a photograph that i've got to take um it is the most zen time uh for me because there's no one there it's just me and the product and i've got everything set up and it's just like okay all right we've got it here we're gonna take the picture nope that's not working that's okay we just kind of move it along and 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 then i finish and it's just like wow that was the most relaxing photo shoot i <laughs> <laughs> we just take no people and <laughs> just products no, yeah. no, 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 just products me and my products yeah <laughs> Yeah, so speaking of photos and taking photos, and yeah. let's talk a little bit about this um, event that you've got coming up in um, April. April 6th and 7th. April 6th and 7th, 2019, this is happening. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, it is happening. <laughs> it's um, happening, it yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm so excited because it's it's one of those things I've been, um, I'm as you know, I'm a part of FU Japan, and uh, I love my FU ladies. They are some of the most supportive people. They are some of the most funny ladies uh, that you could ever meet in, you know, in, in Tokyo. And um, I, I wanted to, after we did the first kind of to, uh, Kyoto, uh, capture Kyoto photo retreat, um, I kind of read the area, I read the ladies uh, when they were doing each activities. And the most awe-inspiring uh, moment wasn't actually the photography part. It was the dinner that we had and the, the light drawing that we did after the, the dinner. And it was just ladies coming together, networking, talking about their lives, talking about you know things that they want to do things that they that they they didn't want to do <laughs> and i just thought wow this is just a group of us together having a great time and uh the the inspiration uh really solidified when i talked to a few member and she was talking about uh you know her newborn baby and uh i congratulated her and and she she had something to say about her her husband <laughs> in the sense that she wished her husband understood that you know when you're at home and you're with the baby you're with the baby for eight hours and you understand that there are certain stresses and there's certain you know things that you would like to kind of separate yourself away from for you know a good while you know mm -hmm. uh you can't and so you know i think a lot of times maybe uh working spouses uh, take for granted the the separation from you know, home responsibilities, life responsibilities, uh, responsibilities of another human being. <laughs> yeah. And um, and and so I think what, what what kind of struck me is that that there is a craving for that kind of separation that mothers just don't get. Um, you know, they're 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 having to to prepare the kids for school. They're having to pick the kids up from school make sure they're going to juku, make sure they're going to practice, make sure they're, they've eaten dinner and done homework. And, and it, it's a, it, it can be a lot when you're an expat spouse uh, with, with, with a lot going on. Um, I, I really, really am excited about 
the Iwaki trip because, I mean, we're going to be at a fantastic Ryokan. And when you showed me those pictures of of the Ryokan, I just thought, oh my goodness, this is going to be like such a great weekend. <laughs> yeah. um, so, uh, but, but going back to the, the photography component, I mean, we really had a lot of fun um, just getting to know something we, we use every day, whether that's our smart, uh, our, that's our smartphone, excuse me. And, uh, you know, we, we, we take out the phone, we take a quick pic and, you know, we throw it up on, 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 on Facebook or Instagram, but to be able to take a higher quality photo or to really think about the, the, the picture that you're taking. Because when you're on Instagram, you see some really drool-worthy photos. I mean, whether it's landscape, whether it's uh, food photography. And so sometimes when people, people tend to compare and contrast their own photos and think, well, you know, I could have done this, I could have done that. And so the, the photo retreat is not just for relaxing, but it's also a space, it's also an opportunity to, to kind of gain, you know, that kind of skill. Uh, if you have a, a DSLR camera or mirrorless camera that somebody bought you at Christmas last year and you still haven't really used it because you're not really familiar with it, that's also an opportunity to really get um, comfortable with the, with the with your camera and, and comfortable with the, the tool that you have. Um, so so that's kind of the opportunities uh, that we'll be enjoying and have in, in this trip. Yeah, so um, as a non-photographer myself um, and having taken part in the um, capture Kyoto retreat that you're talking about um, that was like a year and a half ago or so um, just like that time that we spent together even now I'm such a better photographer for that um, even though I rarely use a, a proper camera I'm always just using my smartphone but I'm much much better at composing you know the composition of the photo thanks to that time we spent together and you know all my life I've been told oh my god you're you're a terrible photographer like literally people would look at my photos and say oh my god I can't believe we trusted you with the camera but I don't get that anymore. so I'm pleased to say I've graduated from being told that I'm a terrible photographer <laughs> that's really good thanks to um the time that we spent together on that uh last photography retreat in Kyoto mm -hmm. and yeah so this time the location is somewhere a little bit more convenient for people who are in the Kanto area mm -hmm, absolutely. and so last time uh was in Kyoto and that was really exciting but it, it was quite difficult for people um you know coming from further away so we decided to do one up this end of Japan this time didn't we Tia and um I think it's it's going to be a really nice peaceful place for people to visit because as you know in Tokyo it's just insane at the moment isn't it with like um people um you know tourists and things everywhere yeah oh my goodness it's, it can be crowded yeah crowded oh my god yes so where you guys will be coming to is it's a beautiful little onsen town and I tell you there are no tourists there. Like seriously, it's an <laughs> undiscovered little piece of Japan. And this is why I really want you guys to come to this town. It just happens to be where I live. And this is a little bit what I talked about earlier with, you know, wanting to really make this somewhere that people come to more because it's very undiscovered. It's very um, quiet and peaceful and people can really enjoy themselves without like having to trip all over other people line up for things, you know, like it, you just, 
you can just enjoy yourself here. Yeah. And, um, you know, there's a beautiful nature right there on your doorstep as well. So if you are living in a big city, it's definitely a good place to come to, to get some time in the green. Yeah. Get, <laughs> do some of your, what's it called? That forest bathing. What's it called? Um, oh, forest bathing. That's yeah. It's a, it's a thing. Something Din Yoku or something. Yeah. Oh. Anyway. Yeah. I forget the term. Forest bathing. It's just like being in the nature, basically. Okay. Yeah. A okay. fancy word for being in nature. For being in nature. Yeah. <laughs> nature. And at uh, the start of April, it's going to be a beautiful time of the year to be here as well. Oh, well, we're really spring. I, well, one of the things that I, that I, cause I'd been to Iwaki before, um, a couple times and, um, I, the thing that blew me away was just how characteristic the town is. All the, all the, the taxi drivers have Hawaiian shirts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We have cute little things and, like taxi drivers wearing Hawaiian shirts. Yeah. So I mean, just that laid, you know, the town just exudes. <laughs> calm and relaxation and they're laid back and i mean comparing to the compared to the taxi drivers in tokyo you might die if you uh, cross one of them <laughs> um but i i really 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 uh, want to introduce iwaki to the participants for for the for this upcoming photo retreat um can i can i can i talk about some of the the photography yes, talk, what, what are we going to be doing okay so what are you guys going to be doing yeah so there's the relaxation component, but for the photography uh, part, um, I mean, any camera is welcome. Uh, please bring your smartphone. Please bring your, your mirrorless camera, DSLR camera. Um, we're, we're really going to talk about just basic, basic uh, ways you can operate the camera. Uh, if you have a DSLR camera and you see the A and the M and the S on the, on the little dial and you're just like, oh my goodness, what are these? Um, it's just a 10 minute explanation of what they mean and how you can use them in what situations can you best uh, maximize those those little letters and, and the meanings behind the letters so that's the first part is just teaching the ladies how we're going to be how you can use your camera and um, after that we'll be doing uh, food photography uh, over over lunch we've got portraits how to take portraits uh, of the people you're with I know a lot of people, they love that blurry background, that gorgeous, gorgeous painting-esque background. I'm going to teach you how you can get the blurry background without having to blur it yourself on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and um, uh, so there, there's that, uh, talking about uh, simple street photography in, um, you know, how can you make a picture look a bit more interesting? Uh, one of the things that really resonated me, um, I had a mentor, a photography mentor, and he was very, very strict. One of the things that he uh, is absolutely against is snapshots. You don't want to take a snapshot photo. You want to take a photo. And so that, that segment is just really trying to put a little thought behind how to, how to take a picture um, instead of just kind of picking up the camera, pushing the button, and putting the camera back uh, or putting the camera away. Um, and, uh, we'll, we'll check into our, our deal con and, uh, kind of enjoy some, some relaxation time. Uh, that can be the hot springs, uh, that can, that can be the gardens, that can be anything. Um, and then we'll have a dinner and after dinner, we'll be doing light painting. 
And so I love the light painting. Light painting is my favorite time of, of, of uh, or favorite kind of photography because we're, you just take light and uh, you're in the dark because it's, it's, it's nighttime outside. And we're just drawing in the sky with, with, with this light stick and just making funny, you know, kind of shapes and stuff. And last time we did that, we, we, what did we do? We made stars, we made rainbows, we made... <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was a super um, fun group activity that I never thought I would actually enjoy, but yeah, it was really fun. <laughs> I mean, we were trying to like write like letters and numbers and, and, and it was really fun. <laughs> uh, funny. So, so I, I really am looking forward to that. Um, and then the next day, uh, that's the, the grand finale. I mean, that the kimono club that's coming. Um, I've, I really want to hear more information uh, from you about those ladies. Uh, but yeah, uh, so what's happening with the kimono is that the, the ryokan that, you're, that you'll be staying at <clears throat> have agreed to take this on. And they're going to, <clears throat> sorry, losing my voice here. Um, <clears throat> the okami-san and her friends are going to dress you all. And and their kimonos that they wear, like these are their real kimonos. And then Tia is going to take photos of you guys all dressed up mm -hmm. in your beautiful kimonos. And at the the temple, which is just down the road, it's the onsen jinja. It's not a temple, sorry, a shrine um, where the hot springs, the hot springs uh, god, lives there. And you can and just wander down the road and have your photos taken there in this beautiful shrine where there's no other people thronging the place. You know, like it's it's quite <laughs> deserted and quiet and yeah, be, surrounded by beautiful nature. So it's going to be a really really nice place to get a sort of memorial photo from your your weekend away. Yeah. Well, I'm I I'm looking forward to to to, to doing the photos for for the ladies as well. So, but I mean, that's, that's pretty much the, the gist of the, of the weekend. It's, it's, it's simple. It's, it's a balance between uh, photography um, and just, you know, having some time away, away from the job, away from just a lot of things that, you know, maybe get people down or it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a rejuvenation kind of. Yeah, definitely. Um, you'll go back very refreshed and like people say to me, you know, but Fukushima is so far away and I'm like, it's not that far. Come on. Um, we, we, you know, I can go to Tokyo and back in a day. It's fine. Um, so don't let the distance put you off. And it's actually um, very refreshing to sit on a train and do nothing or just, you know, read a book or something for an hour or two as you come here. It's part of the journey. You know, it's like part of the adventure of going away for the weekend. So, um, you know, if it was just like a hop, skip and a jump away, you wouldn't even feel like you'd done anything. So, yeah, don't um, don't be like, oh, Fukushima isn't that like, you know, the end of the earth. No, it's not. It's only a couple of hours away. So, um, yeah, definitely from Tokyo is very, very easy to access. One train, jump on, get off. You're there. Um, yeah. Sorry, yeah. Um, and it wasn't even, it was, it was, it, it was like an hour and it's actually from Tokyo station. It's two hours and like 20 minutes or something. I can't remember how long it is now, but it's over two hours. Mm -hmm. Um, but the, the, the train that you, that you're on is very comfortable and you, you know, you've got your own seat, a guaranteed seat. You're not going to be like, you know, standing up or like um, on the wondering if you're going to get a spot. Mm -hmm. you know, it's, 
it's very relaxing way to travel get your bento or whatever you know get your sake <laughs> people are drinking on the train um you know enjoy yourself that's part of the journey yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's I, I don't remember the name of that train, but it's like the Odori train that goes to um, Shimoda, and uh, it's in their front facing, so you're not sitting like, you know. Yeah, no, everybody's facing like the right way, <laughs> and it's called the Super Hitachi. It's on the Joban line, okay. and the Joban line starts in Shinagawa. So you can get on in Shinagawa, Tokyo, Ueno, and then it comes all the way up here, and when you get off the train, you are in Yumoto, like you're there, you're right there. And yeah, that's when you just walk out of the station and you're in this whole little relaxing world. It's very cool. Right. So really, I won't be here for the retreat myself, which is a shame. I'll actually be in oh, New Zealand yeah. at that time. Mm -hmm. um, so Tia will be looking after you, but um, I, I'm actually helping Tia to make sure that it goes off without a hitch. And I have the most amazing family, um, Ryokan, you guys to stay at they're really looking forward to welcoming you and they're just the most lovely people who run the place and their family and their staff so yeah it's going to be a great weekend for you guys you'll be you'll you'll go home feeling a million dollars i assure you <laughs> yeah any last words Tia, before we sign off for today um at the moment not quite i mean just i, I have um I'd love to talk with, with anyone who's interested uh, providing more information about the retreat. Um, if you want to know things about like pricing and transportation and, and things like that, or, or any concerns, please email me at Tia, T-I-A, at TopTia, uh, T-O-P-T-I-A dot com. So that's Tia at TopTia dot com. Um, and I'm more than happy to, to answer any questions you have. Yeah, so um, you can find more of the information on her website. I'll put the link in the show notes so you can click through and look at that. Yeah, definitely um, chat to her on Facebook or email her or talk to her at Few if you know her from there. And yeah, let's get some of you up here to really enjoy this beautiful part of Japan that is uh, undiscovered. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for coming on today, Tia. It's been wonderful talking to you again. No problem. No problem. All right. <laughs> Take care. Bye-bye. Goodbye. So that was a really interesting episode with Tia from Top Tia Photography. I hope you enjoyed all of the side roads we went down as we were talking. And at the end of the recording, Tia said to me, wow, I didn't think we'd talk about that. And I was like, yeah, it never happens like we think it will. And that's part of um, – the sort of uniqueness of this show is that we just talk about whatever sort of wherever it goes and wherever I sort of lead you in, in the questions. So, um, yeah, I did not know before we started that Tia is actually, um, you know, such a history um, buff or <laughs> so interested in history. And, yeah, she told us a really interesting story about Enoshima. Yeah, I've been there and I did not know about that cave on the other side. That's really cool. So yes, Japan does have a lot of very interesting history and so, so much to learn there if that's something that you want to get started with. And at the end, we talked about our joint uh, project that we're working on, which is a, re a photography retreat held here in Iwaki City, Fukushima Prefecture in Yumoto Onsen, which is a beautiful little onsen town. And 
it's so quiet. Like there's not many onsen towns in Japan on a weekend you can go to and it will not be absolutely, you know, heaving with people. And it's a little bit sad in the same same sort of thing, but it's it's what in, you know, in Japanese is called an anaba, yeah, sort of an undiscovered sort of thing. So I really want to help people to rediscover this part of Japan that's been neglected since the nuclear disaster. And I know that uh, you might be thinking, oh, but Fukushima, I can't go there. That's nuclear area. It's not. If you can be in Tokyo, you can be in Iwaki. It's, we have exactly the same radiation you have in Tokyo. So um, the food is fine. It's all, you know, the same food that you're eating in Tokyo. Actually, a lot of the food from to you know, that people eat in Tokyo comes from this area. So um, don't, you know, there's nothing to worry in that respect. And we have this wonderful community of people waiting to welcome you here and to make you feel very, very at home. So the Ryokan that I've um, organized for the event is a family-owned Ryokan. And you'll get to meet the owners while you're there. They're really lovely people. They're so welcoming. And they're trying so hard to um, get, keep their, not keep their business afloat, but to just to to bring things back to, you know, how they were before even better. And so I really want to support them by bringing, um, you know, lots of lovely customers to see that they have a really nice yokan and they're going to uh, do a really great event with helping you put on the kimono. And Tia's going to take photos of you you looking fabulous at this really neat little onsen ginger shrine that is nearby. It's going to be such a fun event. I only wish I could be there, but I'll be in New Zealand um, at that time, so I won't be able to make it. Um, but you'll be well taken care of, that's for sure. So if you really are, you know, considering coming, then definitely get in touch with Tia about that. I think there's eight spaces available, and I think she's already got some people signed up for some of those spaces. So do not wait around. They will fill up quickly, I'm sure. Yeah, so that's all I have for you today. I hope you enjoyed our discussion. And yeah, if you need to get any of the links for the things we talked about, like Ginza Hub or about um, any of the people that we mentioned in today's podcast, just um, hit the show notes on your phone and you'll be able to see them there. If you have any comments for me about this episode, then definitely uh, just contact me on at Jane Nakata on Instagram or Transformations with Jane over on Facebook. I love to hear from you and hear about uh, your thoughts about the episode, what you what you got out of it. So yeah, I'll talk to you again next week. Have a good week. Bye-bye. みなさんこんにちは。今日のエピソードはティアさんとのインタビューです。聞き取れましたか私もあのたまにちょっと聞き取れなかったところがあったんだけど、あのなんか喋りスピードが早かったかもしれないなのであの皆さん難しかったらあ
とあのカメラマンで活躍しています。自分の,あの会社、トップティアという会社があのフードフォトグラフィーとかあのこうあの会社の,あの,なんていうのビジネス用の写真とかと撮ってる仕事をしています。で、ティアさんは私とあの1年間以上前に一緒にあのリトリートあの写真を撮る合宿みたいな旅行を京都でやりました2日間あの女性6人ぐらい集まってあのカメラの使い方を覚えたりあと上手に写真の撮り方を覚えてその2日間で下手の私がもう撮れるようになってちょっと自信がついてきましたね今はあの大体 iPhone で写真撮ってるんですけどそれだけであの上手に写真撮れるようになってあのなんかすごい J の写真が下手だなってとかずっと言われた私があのちょっと自慢になってきましたね少しはなのでティアさんの指導であのとても上達できると思うんですね2日間だけでなのでもしあの英語であとまあ英語が興味があってあとカメラに興味があったらこのいわき市でやるあのリトリートはどうですかねあの2日間で4月の6日と7日土日で1泊あのコイト旅館っていう旅館で泊まってあとその次の日にあの着物起きてティアさんはそのプロの写真をと撮りますその裏にはあの温泉神社っていうところであの着,着物を着てる姿の写真を,を撮るのは楽しみですねそのイベントがあの女性限定で8名8名まであのいけるのでもし興味があったらティアさんの方に連絡してください。ティア、TIA、アットマーク、トップティア、TOPTIA.com っていうメールアドにあの連絡して、あとこのショーノーツの中にリンクが入っているので、そこであのもっと詳しい情報があります。<笑>すみません。もう先週ずっとインフルエンザでまだ調子が<笑>ちゃんと治ってないのでちょっと、うん、咳とか鼻水とか<笑>のままなのにリコーディングしています。ごめんなさい。で、ティアさんの話聞くとあの自分がカメラマンだけどカメラばっかりあのツールばっかり考えてたんだって。あのこのカメラだといい写真撮るでしょうとかこのライトがあったらもっといい写真撮るだろうとかの,あのことがあったらしくてでも最近ある先輩からいやツールじゃなくてあのフォトグラフィーイカルツールプラスあのそのマジックマジックはあのその撮ってる人との関係がうまくいかないと上手に写真撮れないよみたいな話をしました
<笑>でそういうクリエイティブな時にあのあクリエイティブなことをするとツールばっかり考えると、まあ、もちろんいいツールがあったらあのもっと上手にできるはずだけどツールばっかりじゃなくてそのクリエイティブなことを近づくと上手もっと上手にできるんだっていう話でしたちょっと深い話だけど面白いなと思ってでなんか初めて何かやると最初はあ,のあんまり知恵がなくてあんまり何も知らないままでやってみるとあ知らないところいっぱいあるんだって気づいてできますねでちょっとショックになるかもしれないですね。でももうちょっと近づいて近づいて近づいて身につけるようになると思いますので、うん、全部そうですよねあの。特に日本の文化の例えば池け花とか茶道とか始まったらあこういうふうに刺すんだよねとかぐらいで始まったらどんどんどんどん進んでいくと、えー、こんなに深いと思わなかったと思う時たくさんありますね。で、それで、ああ、まだ勉強がまだまだいっぱいあるんだってショックになって、あの諦めたい時があると思うんですけど、一歩一歩少し前に進んでたらあのいいと思いますね。うん、あの、It's a journey, not a destination. その、生け花とか、まあ、写真もそうだし旅と思えばあのもう目,目的地じゃなくて、うん、旅と思えばいいと思いますじゃあ皆さんはどうでしたかもしあのなんか感想とかコメントがあればジェーンのインスタグラムアットマークジェーンの方とフェイスブックページ Uh, Jane, uh, Transformations with Jane という Facebook ページにコメントをください。皆さんからのコメントがとても喜びます。よろしくお願いします。じゃあ、今度出てくるのは、まあ、いろんな方があの,のインタビューがあの撮ってるので、あの作者、作者っていうかあの翻訳をやってる作者のキャットさん。もそろそろ来ますしあとあのアクセサリーを作ってる方も来るしあと来るのはまああとジェーンの,あのソロのエピソードも来るので皆さんを楽しみにしてくださいよろしくお願いしますバイバイ Have a good week バイバイ Thank、you